I'm glad that you are in town here with us on, on Sunday, whether you're visiting from out of town or whether this is home for you. We're glad that you're here. My name's John. I'm our lead pastor here in Discovery. Um, so if you're in fifth through 12th grade, uh, your re- leaders are going to lead you in time the rest of this morning. So uh, you, we celebrate you and what God is doing uh, in your lives. Yeah, let's give them a... Um, And for us, we are going to go ahead and get into our time of teaching, and this morning we are going to be in the New Testament book of Acts, Acts chapter 16, so if you want to go ahead and turn there. Uh, If you don't have a Bible, put up your hand, we would love to give you uh, a Bible. We have one of these Bibles, you can take it with you, take you home so that you can study uh, or look at further the things that that we have uh, here that we're going to talk about this morning. Also, you can open up that app. Um, and find a Bible on there. There's actually also a reading plan that you can read throughout the week that will reinforce some of the things that we're talking here uh, this morning. But if you have one of these Bibles, Acts chapter 16, it's in uh, the later half uh, in the New Testament of your Bible on page 792. Uh, We are in week two of a series that is called Ignite, and we are looking at what it means to live a passionate and purposeful life in Christ Jesus. Because what we believe... Uh, What God tells us is that we have been created uh, specifically and uniquely, that we uh, have been created in him for a purpose, um, that we have been called, that we have been gifted uh, in order to uh, live out for him, that you you have been uniquely shaped, gifted, created, and called to uh, do God's work here on this earth. And if you come into that place where you understand that, that life that he has for you and how he's created you, That is when passion and purpose begins uh, to well up in us. And, um, you know, I was uh, called, uh, I was what I would say called to pastor this church, um, by this church, uh, about nine years ago now, in February 2007. Um, But in reality, uh, the journey um, of that calling began years before. I could go back to... Uh, kind of the early years of my childhood, the foundation of growing up in a Christian home, but uh, for the sake of time, I'll just kind of fast forward to um, really uh, the day when I was in college. It was 1997, and um, I was one day just walking down the hall, and I had this kind of quirky chemistry professor, um, no offense to you chemists out there, but um, quirky chemistry professor just called out and all, hey, John, what are you going to do for an internship? And uh, he said, um, I'm not sure. He said, well, what do you like doing? I was in marine biology at the time, and so it uh, seemed good to say, you know, I'm, I like sharks. Um, they seem cool. Maybe. And so he happened to have an article uh, in a magazine. He said, hey, how about, how about this? Why don't we give this guy uh, a call? And so right there and then he called up um, to the Bodega Marine Lab, which is in Bodega Bay, uh, California. It's actually UC Davis's marine lab. And uh, the guy said, sure, you got a good student. Um, I guess I qualified, and uh, he, uh, I came out here to do an internship, and that was in 1998. And from there, uh, one thing led to another. wasn't sure what I was going to do, but grad school seemed like the next step, and I and, uh, ended up having a couple choices of going to grad school, either in uh, sunny Oceanside, San Diego, or um, Davis, um, which we know and love here, and uh, I ended up in Davis uh, to study marine biology. And, uh, uh, you know, I wish I could tell you, church, um, that I prayed and I prayed and I felt God uh, leading me to come here. Um, But I wasn't in that place at that point um, in my life. 
and uh, I just kind of ended up here. It seemed like the opportunities made sense, uh, things lined up, and uh, ended up here in Davis. Um, ended up, my wife and I come here looking for a church, and we figured at Davis, there's no churches here, so we went to the surrounding area, uh, and there, um, at that point, Discovery wasn't here, but there was a guy that we met over in Vacaville who said, you know, we're planting a church uh, in Davis. Uh, it's called Discovery Christian Church, and uh, so we said, oh, that's cool, we'll check it out, and uh, just kind of my wife and I, as a young married couple, ended up um, walking into uh, Discovery uh, when it first started 14 years ago, and um, long, winding story from there. Um, nine years ago, I was called to be the pastor here. I went from marine biology to ministry, fishing for fish to fishing for men, all of that good stuff. Um, being short-term here in Davis to being long-term and uh, to be in the place where I am today, in this place, in this time, doing the work that is today. Um, today, I want to talk to us about calling. I want to talk to us about what is calling. How do we know what we're called to? How is it that we discover what God would have us do in our lives? And uh, good news um, that calling does not mean that all of us need to become pastors, does not mean that all of us need to become missionaries. In fact, I firmly and wholeheartedly believe that God has many of you right in the place where he would have you, whether you are an office worker, whether you're a researcher, a scientist, a teacher, uh, whether you clean floors, do retail, whether you're a mom at home, a dad investing in your family, um, that God has a calling right where you are. But we need to understand what is the calling of God? How do we follow him? And that's where we want to start this morning is with a definition for calling. Um, and the way I'm going to describe it this morning is this. A divinely orchestrated setting apart of a person for a specific task. A divinely orchestrated setting apart of a person for a specific task. It's really God's specific plan for your life. It says it this way in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, that we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus uh, to do good works that he prepared beforehand that we might walk in them. That God has a purpose for us in Christ Jesus, that he planned it long ago, and that he wants us to be walking it and living it out. Now, it's not uncommon today to hear people talk about calling in life. But what we need to understand is that as we talk about calling here, we are talking about God's purpose, God's plan. And it's always about his glory and for advancing his kingdom. Lots of good causes out there, but we're always about God's glory and about advancing his kingdom. It's about being centered on the gospel of Jesus Christ. When it comes to this calling, it is God who initiates it is God who guides. It is God who positions us. It is God who calls into our life and intervenes. Now, as God does his thing in calling, we also have our responsibility to hear from him, to respond to him, to search our lives for him, to order our lives around him, reorder our lives as he calls and as he guides and as he directs. And here's what we need to understand that Many of us may be living kind of discouraged, distracted, overwhelmed lives where we feel like we're going in circles, where we don't feel like we have purpose. 
And it is seeking God's calling, his direction in our life that leads us out of those places and into the place where we feel, hey, I have purpose, I have passion. It's not always easy. But if we can discover God's calling in our life and walk in them, we will experience the passion that comes from it. We've been looking at an example of a young man named Timothy. And um, there are two letters in the Bible that were written to him. Um, Timothy, they were written by his mentor, uh, the missionary, early church leader, uh, the Apostle Paul. Um, At the time that those letters are written, Timothy is probably about in his early to mid-30s. And he had been given a specific calling to pastor a church, uh, to order it, to organize it in the city of Ephesus. Last week, we looked at some verses in the letter to 2 Timothy um, chapter 1, verse 6 and 7, where Paul writes and he says, for the reason that you are there and that you have a calling, I want to remind you to fan into flame the gift of God that's in you when hands were laid on you. Because God didn't give you a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and a spirit of love and a spirit of self-discipline. Now, Timothy was in that place where he was kind of discouraged, where he was getting distracted, where many of us may feel. And for that reason, Paul spoke to him and and he said, I want to remind you of what your calling is. I want to remind you of who you're working for. Um, But for us today, really, uh, in order to be reminded of our calling, we need to first know what it is, right? And so we want to look at uh, what it is. Um, And to do that, I'm going to take a step back from the letters to Timothy, because that's where he's living out his calling. I want to take a step back um, about 10, 12 years before that um, to when um, Timothy was discovering his calling. We're going to look in the book of Acts. Now, sometimes um, we forget uh, when we're reading our Bibles that um, the Bible uh, stories that we read or the letters that I read were actually written to real people going through real stuff and that they had lives very much like you and I. One of God's wonderful things in giving us his word, he didn't just give us a list of rules, he he carries out his word through the narrative of people's lives so that today, 2,000 years later, we can look and say, man, I resonate with some of those things too. Some of his struggles are the struggles I'm going through. And we can see how they walked sometimes in fear, but God called them to live in faith. And so um, just a little kind of Bible study, kind of side note, tidbit. Um, The book of Acts covers a lot of the historical narrative that many of the letters of your Bible um, in your New Testament point back to. So in your New Testament, there are the uh, Gospels, which cover Jesus' lives, basically from year zero to to 30 um, AD. And then the book of Acts picks up and covers about the next 30 years. And through that, we're seeing... Okay, people that are going on. And so we can look back at the letter to Timothy and say, hey, what was going on in his life? And we can go back into the book of Acts. And so um, we're going to uh, look there today. Acts chapter 16, uh, beginning in verse 1. It says, Paul came also to Derby and to Lystra. A disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was a Greek. He, Timothy, was well spoken of by the brothers at Lystra and Iconium. So these are actually cities 
Um, we have a map here, uh, cities of where these cities were, kind of in uh, the ancient world. And Paul was going around on missionary journeys. And he had gone on a journey a couple uh, years before this narrative. And he had gone and he had preached the gospel in the cities of Lystra and Iconium and Derby. And there some people came to believe and churches were set up. Now Paul's going back on a second journey and uh, he's stopping back at these churches to see how things are going. And there he comes and he finds a disciple by the name of Timothy who at some point had come to believe in the gospel. Um, and now Paul s sees him and hears that he's doing well there in the faith. And so it says in verse 3 that Paul wanted Timothy to accompany him. And he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews were, who were in those places, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. As they went on their way through the cities, they delivered to them for observance the decisions that had been reached by the apostles and elders who were in Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in the faith, and they increased in numbers daily. Again, this is about 12, 15 years before the letters that were written to Timothy. And we find Timothy as a young teenager who was young in the faith, who is given some opportunities. And we see the path that leads to his eventual calling to where God had for him and the work he had to do. And so what does this calling look like? Number one, it includes this, the call to follow. The call to follow. Not necessarily the call to follow Paul, but the call to follow Jesus. It says in Acts 16, verse 1, that there was a disciple there. That means that there was a follower of Jesus. Now we find some other narrative in the, the letters of 2 Timothy where Paul wrote and said, Hey, I remember that there was faith in your mother and your grandmother. It says in 2 Timothy chapter 3 that uh, Timothy had learned the scriptures that are good for salvation. And he had come to a sincere faith, maybe perhaps through his grandmother and his mother, as he saw the gospel lived out in them. And so Paul or Timothy is following Jesus. And this is where our calling begins for each and every one of us. In, in many ways, God is calling out to all of us. He calls to us in creation. He calls to us sometimes through friends or family who, who uh, tell us, what Jesus means to them. He sometimes even calls out to us in the midst of our circumstances and the trials that we go through. When we go through the difficult things in life and we feel like we're just at our end, we can't do anything to ourselves. It is then that God calls to us and Jesus calls to us uh, in order to come and to follow. Jesus, when he was on earth, he said this to uh, ordinary people as he he walked around he said come follow me one day we're told in mark chapter one that he was walking along the sea and he came to some brothers and, and he he spoke to them as they were casting their nets because they were fishermen and he said come and follow me and i will make you to become going about of men jesus speaks to ordinary people going about their business and jesus says Come, I will bring eternal purpose into your ordinary business. And this is where the calling begins for all of one of us, to follow him. Jesus is the way, he is the truth, he is the life. And he invites us to follow after him. Many of us 
here may be discouraged, may be wondering if there's anything that's better in life. And, and the reality is, yes, Jesus says, come and follow me, and I will show you the way, I will show you the truth, I will show you true life. There is more as you come to follow me. And this is where it begins. Our journey begins with having the severe, sincere faith that Timothy had. And we find that Timothy, as he follows after Jesus, he is, he is growing and, and he is learning to follow Jesus. And really our calling to all of us as Christ followers, there, there's a general aspect to calling where we are all called uh, to certain things as followers of Jesus. As we read his words, we're called to hear them and to put them into practice. We are called to seek not our own path, but the path that Jesus has called us to. If you're married, you are called in your general calling to love your husband or your wife. Uh, if you are a parent, you are called to train up your children in the way that they should go. We are all called uh, to love one another. We're called to love our neighbors as ourselves. We are called uh, and commissioned to go and to make disciples, to be Jesus' witness. So for all of us, if we're wondering where our calling begins, it begins with following after Jesus, and it begins with walking in obedience to what he has called us to. And so uh, we need to uh, pay attention to that general calling and say, okay, are we doing the things that Jesus has called us to? Because that's where it's beginning. We can all know those things that have been revealed to us. The call continues with the call to commit, the call to take even deeper steps. At some point along the journey, we are called to increase our commitment in following after Jesus. Now, I, um, I coach my kids right now. I'm doing uh, coaching my son um, in basketball uh, at the YMCA. And I'll be honest with you, kind of, I know there's different levels of competition. Kind of YMCA is about my... Uh, uh, my level, um, where it's kind of one practice a week, one uh, um, one game a week, and that's that's kind of about good for for my schedule. Um, I've coached them in soccer, and from from time to time, people ask, "Hey, can uh, you should have your kids join this travel league?" And to be honest with you, I, I weigh into it and I say, "I'm not really that committed to it. You know, I want to give my my kids some uh, experience." Um, but I don't feel like I'm necessarily training them up to be professional athletes. And so um, they, you know, that's kind of the level of commitment that's there. But those are decisions that we need to make in life when, because um, being all in takes a level of commitment. And at some point along our journey with Christ, we have to weigh what is our commitment in this thing. Because Jesus always gives a call to commit. You see, one of the things... If you are faithful in your faith, opportunities will rise up, right? You'll be asked to serve. You'll be asked to lead. You'll be asked to come along on a mission trip. You'll be asked to uh, go and, and witness in some way. And we're going to have to wade through that. What did this look like for Timothy? He was asked by Paul, hey, you're kind of a young all-star here. People are talking about you. I would love for you to come alongside me and accompany me as I continue on in this trip. Number one, what that meant was leaving his home, 
leaving his mom, leaving his grandma, leaving everything he knew in that comfortable city and stepping out on this journey into the uncertain. At that time, Paul was already getting beat up from time to time, and he would go through worse and worse things. He had to wonder if he would step out, leaving the comforts there in order to step forward in commitment. There's something else here. It says that Paul took him and circumcised him. Now, um, these are sometimes the things that we breeze over, but remember, these are real people going through real things. I've already told you that Timothy at this point is probably about a teenager, and um, maybe you know what circumcision is, maybe you don't, but basically what it means, not to get too graphic here, but it's cutting the foreskin off of the penis, okay? I'm not going to go any further than that. Um, Don't Google it, Uh, but... um, This is a step of commitment for a teenage boy, okay? And the reason for this, you see, Paul was not only um, asking him to come alongside, to go on a trip, to be a travel companion. No, he was calling him to be part of the mission that Paul knew that he had. See, Paul had been given a mission by God, had been called to go to the Jewish people and to go to Uh, Also to the non-Jewish, the Gentile, the Greek people. Now, Timothy was a Greek, so uh, his father was a Greek, so apparently he had not had this done to him when he was younger. But Paul knows to be effective in the mission that some sacrifices would need to be made because this was a big issue of contention at that point in the church. So Paul's not getting kind of legalistic and saying, hey, this is what needs to be done for every Christian, but he's saying, hey, if we're going to be effective in the mission— that God has given us here. We're going to have to do some things. We're going to have to give up some things. Are you willing to do this? Are you all in? This is a step to commitment. Now, I don't know what the conversation went like. I don't know if it was, hey, Timothy, you got about 24 hours. Think about it overnight. Or if, Timothy was just so passionate that he understood this was what needed to be done. But anyway, he did it, and he stepped forward. Now, what we need to understand is that the call to follow will always lead to a call to commit, to be all in. We're not in the YMCA here. We are about being and making disciples of Jesus, advancing the gospel, and that is a very tough calling. And if we are to be about God's glory and advance his message and build his kingdom, there are going to be times when you need to take that step to commit. Jesus did this with his disciples after calling those fishermen and others to follow him. In Luke chapter 9, it comes to a point where Jesus really gets down to it. He says, who do you say that I am? And they said, you're you're the Christ. You're the Savior. You're, You're our Lord. And then he says, it's good. That you know that because anyone who wants to come after me has to give up their life. Anyone who would come after me and wants to save their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake will save it. That we will get from following him. But trust me, friends, it is and will be a tough calling that God calls us to. Even when we take that general calling, there will be times when 
if you are going to be in ministry or on a mission field, there's going to be times when you don't do it because everything is easy and nice. There are going to be times if you're committed to loving your husband or loving your wife, when it is not going to be easy, when it's going to be a tough calling and it's going to question your commitment. There are going to be times as parenting where if you're just doing it uh, because it makes us feel good to have kids, that, that is going to test your calling. If you're in the workplace and you say, I want to follow Jesus here, I want to be a witness for him, there's going to be times when it gets very uncomfortable. And it's going to be a, a calling of commitment to following after Christ. Now, when it gets to that level, trust me, it is not about just kind of hunkering down and doing it better. No, we need to allow the gospel to sink in. And if I were to, to tell you, if you were to ask me, like, okay, about my call to become a pastor, um, I, I could point you to being on a boat down in Mexico and, and hearing the Lord say to me, finish your PhD and come to pastor. But again, it goes back further than that. I would go back to a time when I came to really grasp the gospel in my life. I grew up in a Christian home, always kind of knew about the gospel, but kind of grew up fairly sheltered. Then I went to college, and I lived a, a life where I was out of my Christian experience, where I was walking in those things um, that I should not have been walking in. And one day, I really learned about the grace of God. See, I'd grown up thinking that, you know, sin was something bad and Jesus is something good. Um, but when I finally realized, you know what, my sin is down here. But yet God's grace is still sufficient for me. I realized the greatness of his grace. And when we truly realize the reality of the gospel and it sinks in into our hearts, that becomes the point where we say, hey, God, whatever Whatever it is, I surrender all. I give my life because you gave life to me through the gospel. So whatever it is, I will give. And when we come to that place where we say, God, whatever you want, I may have to wrestle through it a little bit. I, I may have to work through it. I may question. I may try to go in the other direction. But whatever it is, God, your gospel is so great in me that I will give my life to you. And that is what we need to realize in our lives because any other calling won't be very deep if it's not rooted in that. When it comes to the tough things, we'll quickly run. But if we can realize who Jesus is to us, then we will be able to answer the call when it comes, whether it's right in that time or not. Timothy answered the call to commit, and he joined alongside Paul. And if you continue through the New Testament, you'll see just small glimmers of Timothy showing up that speak to his work, that he was alongside Paul uh, the whole time, learning, serving, helping, leading. In the book of Acts 19, just a couple chapters later, it says that um, Timothy had been sent to Macedonia as a helper for Paul. In 1 Corinthians 4, it says that um, Paul sent out Timothy, his beloved and faithful child in the Lord, to do the work there in the city of Corinth. Paul refers to Timothy in Romans 16, 21 as Timothy, my fellow worker. 1 Corinthians 16, 
Paul writes, when Timothy comes, see that you put him at ease among you, for he is doing the work of the Lord as I am. As Paul wrote books of the Bible, Timothy was right there, Philippians 1. It says, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, writing to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi. Colossians 1, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother. Paul gets a lot of the headlines, but Timothy is right there alongside. And in Philippians 2, Paul writes, I have no one like him, Timothy, who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. You know Timothy's proven worth, how as a son with a father he has served with me in the gospel. First Thessalonians 3, 3.2, we sent Timothy, our brother and God's co-worker in the gospel of Christ. Timothy takes that step, walks alongside Paul, and the whole time over those next 10, 12 years, he is, he is learning alongside Paul. He is watching as Paul suffers for the gospel. He is serving, he is helping, he is being sent out. He is doing the work of strengthening the church as his mentor was. And then one day, we're told in 1 Timothy 4, 14, that apparently there were some elders laying their hands on Timothy. And a word of prophecy came. And a word of prophecy was spoken that he would have a calling. And then Paul sends him out to this church in Ephesus. So we see before he gets there, there's this whole journey uh, behind. And that's the journey that we're on. Sometimes we want to just say, I want to know it all right now. But instead, we are invited to walk on this journey, a journey of general calling, of walking faithfully in the things that God has, of learning, of growing. And sometimes it takes longer than we want for it to. And many of us are in that place right now where where we're just trying to learn the things that God has for us in his word, that we're just kind of learning a lot, whether it's in your degree program, whether it's in the church, or whether it's in life. We're learning, but if we will walk faithfully and live out that calling, one day God may speak into us and give that specific calling. It's as Jesus said, that he who is faithful with little can then be entrusted with much. And so right now, you may not feel like you are a very called. Hey, I'm just kind of coming to church. I'm learning some stuff. I'm trying to serve a little bit. But if you walk faithfully, one day you will receive the call to action like Timothy did. But the call as you're walking, as you're living out this life, one day God says, now is your time. Now is the calling that I have for you. You see, when we move around the world, when we have our eyes open, when we are uh, serving Christ's ways, it is then that he speaks in and he calls us. And again, it's not just about being on the mission field, because I believe that every single one of us is on the mission field, that God has put us in a place where we are seeing things, whether it's in the church or whether it's in the world, where we're seeing brokenness all around us, things that are not the way that God would have them to be, things that are broken, and God speaks to you, and he says, you are the one to fill that need. If you have ever said, hey, I see something, somebody needs to do something about that. It may be that God is saying, you are the one to do something about that. So maybe you are uh, out of your culture working in the workplace, and and you are seeing people that 
uh, are, are broken all around you. And maybe God would say, I've put you in that place for my purposes for such a time as this. Maybe you're a mom that's at home and you're realizing that right now your kids need you. Or that you're a dad and even uh, if you feel like you have some other purposes that your kids need, need you. And God is calling you to, to look at them. Or maybe you are a student right now or in another season of learning. And God is saying, right now, this is where I have you. So that I can prepare you for the ultimate work that I would have you do. We need to realize that God has us in places where he is. And he is leading us to fulfill the calling that he has for us. Now, if we can understand that calling, that there's this general calling that ultimately leads us into our specific calling, um, how do we really discover what that is? Um, what, do, what does that look like? And if we were to look at the Bible, we would see that God speaks his calling, that God initiates, that God intervenes in all kinds of ways. And really, there's such a great diversity that I can't possibly teach through them all today. We see that Joseph in the Old Testament and Joseph, another Joseph in the New Testament, that they were led by dreams. And we see that Isaiah, the prophet in the Old Testament, was, was given a vision. And we see that others heard God's voice uh, audibly in what they were to do. Others, like Elisha the prophet, one day had a guy named Elijah show up and say, hey, you should come with me. Paul, uh, the apostle Paul, who used to be Saul, he literally got knocked off his horse by the risen Christ. Said, hey, I love your passion, but you're going in the wrong direction. And so uh, come in this direction now. And then there's Timothy. One day while was being prayed for by some leaders of the church, a prophetic message was given that this is how you are to go and to live. And so what it looks like for us calling, God could speak to us in all different kinds of ways. Sometimes we speak of open doors and opportunities that we step through. Sometimes we talk about hearing more directly from God. We talk about hearing from God in his word uh, as he's calling us. The Holy Spirit leads us step by step as we go. But um, before we end today, I want to just give us a few kind of general ways that kind of generally apply uh, to, to all of us as we're seeking to live out our calling. And, and number one in that, I would say this, is think eternally. Okay, think eternally. I've already shared a little bit how God orchestrates things in a way that uh, God divinely orchestrates the ways that he gets us into our calling. And I fully believe that uh, many of you are right where God would have you be. Uh, there may be some of you, hey, God, God would uh, knock you into a different direction. But many of you, if you look back at your life, like I recounted, you could say God has directed you to be in this place, in this time, maybe right now to hear this message or to do a work right where he has you. God has orchestrated, God has led you. The difference has to be sometimes with our heart and with our thinking. Are we thinking about earthly things? Are we thinking about eternal things? Are we thinking about the things that will fade away or the things that are going to last into eternity? Uh, are we thinking about building up the, the literature? Are we thinking about building up the people that will spend all eternity in heaven? 
So sometimes you just need to think eternally about where God has you right now. And for some of us, that will be a shift in our thinking. Another thing that we need to do is to listen to God regularly. Now, maybe this sounds like a simple thing, but are we really doing it? Are we putting ourselves in a place to hear from God, making a habit of it? Because sometimes we may be here this morning and maybe um, you haven't been in church in a while. Maybe uh, if that's you, that we're glad that you're here. Uh, here. We want this to be a regular thing. We want to be in God's word. Because we need to make a habit of hearing from him. You know, I love the fact that we have this digital app that makes it very convenient for us to just kind of flip through it and get, get some Bible while we're in the midst of our busyness. But sometimes we want God just to kind of give us some, some fast food uh, words from him. Hey, God, I only have about two minutes. Can you speak to me rather quick today? When God wants a relationship, and he knows that if you are to fulfill a tough calling for him, if you are to really live for him, you're going to be dependent on hearing from him all the time. And so he may make you wait a little bit. So we listen to God regularly, knowing that God will speak to us if we stop to listen. He wants to. Thirdly, I say this, that we walk in community continually. Almost every example, maybe except for Jesus, but he had uh, a real close connection with the Father. So he, was, he didn't need other people giving him counsel because he had kind of the direct line. But almost every other person that is used for God, it happens in the context of community. Just like Timothy, having Paul speak into his life. Just like Paul had Barnabas who came alongside and instructed him. We need community of others to step in and to counsel. So are we walking in community continually in a place where people can speak into our lives? Now, sometimes we just get together and say we, we want some relationships. But no, in Christian community, we are here not just to read the Bible together, not just to pray for one another, care for one another, but to spur one another on in the things that God has called us to, to help us see our giftings, to help us our callings, to counsel one another through the tough decisions, to know God's plan for us. God uses us in one another's lives. I know in my own life, the encouragement of others. I would not be here today if there were not people who said, God is using you in this way. And he continually refines my calling. When he says, hey, you're not doing great at this. Maybe you should focus on this a little bit more. We walk in community continually. Fourthly, we serve wisely. We serve wisely. We apply the gifts and the resources that God has given us as stewards uh, to serve wisely. Sometimes we come to the church and, and we think there's three things we can do, that we can help in kids, we can sing on stage, or, or we can, in this church, do set up and take down. And sometimes those are good starting points, but the reality that we're going to talk about next week is that the passions that God has created you with, the gifts and abilities that he has given you, are for a specific purpose. And, and the church suffers the world suffers if we are not realizing that God wants to use those passions, your personalities for a specific, unique work that he has designed for you and only you to step uniquely into. 
And so we need to serve wisely. And, and I will continue to, to work until we are the church uh, who doesn't just kind of put us into generic places that wear us out and wore us down, but that we actually realize the gifts and the abilities that God has uniquely shaped us with to be applied in this time and this place so that we can serve with passion and purpose, knowing God's calling on our lives. Finally, I say this, that we pray, we pray, we pray with purpose. Now, I know that prayer is, of course, a Christian thing to do. But sometimes we pray and we just thank God for the day. Or if we look at our prayers, they're just really focused on God, I want this or I want that. No, if we believe that God has given us a purpose, that he has planned us for a purpose, then we need to pray purposefully to pray, God, I want to know my purpose. I want to know what you've called. I want to hear from you. I, I'm seeking, God, I, I hunger. I don't just want to walk out these days of my life. God, I want to know what you've called me to do, that we need to seek, that we can call that. For those of us who are parents, that we need to pray for our kids, not just that they would make it home from school, but that they would know God's purpose in their lives and that we would have wisdom and insight to be able to speak into it. And that we wouldn't, when we're in discovery groups, that we wouldn't just kind of pray that life would be easy, but that we would pray for one another, that God would give us insight to our purpose, and to our calling. That we pray as Jesus taught us to pray, thy kingdom come, and Lord, use me. So there's some of us here today that maybe as we talk about calling, you know that God has been pushing on you for a while. Your, your calling is clear, but you've struggled to step into it, or you're feeling discouraged, and you're feeling distracted. And, but today is a day where you can realize that God wants to remind you that he has given you that calling and he has promised to be with you every step of the way. You don't need to be defined by fear. You need to be defined by faith. You need not fall back into distraction, but you need to move forward with focus. God wants you to fulfill the calling that he is calling you to. And whatever's keeping you from stepping forward, today is the day to respond and say, God, I'm ready. Here I am, send me. Some of us maybe are in that place where, hey, I'm just trying to get my feet under me. I want to learn. I want to grow. I'm trying to figure out this general calling, what Jesus has called me to do. And Jesus wants you to follow him, to follow him, to hear his words, to put it into practice, to know that he wants to lead, that you can trust him. He is a good God. And he has your best and his glory in mind. And so even though it may be hard to do some of the things he's calling you to, through it is hope and through it is joy and through it is a better, more passionate, purposeful life than you can imagine, though in your own power. God created you for a purpose. He's gifted you and shaped you to carry out that purpose. And he is calling to you and asking for you to hear him and to respond. Let's pray with purpose, God. I thank you for each person that's here. I know there's lots of people that aren't here. But I know that you have each person here for a purpose. That you have divinely orchestrated. That we would be here on this day. That you could speak to us. 
God, in the midst of all my words, I pray that right now we would hear your voice, that your spirit would come knowing our situation, knowing our struggles, knowing our life, knowing where we work, knowing the classroom that we're in, knowing the neighborhood where you've put us. God, maybe for some of us it's not where we would plan to be, that we find ourselves in situations that um, we never guessed we would be here, but God, you have us here. What do you want to do in us? Speak to us, God. We're desperate to hear your voice. We want to know. God, we are your workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. For your purpose and your plan that you have called us to years ago, you knew us, you formed us in our mother's womb. You continue to shape us, to grow us. Jesus, we, we surrender to follow you. You're sitting here today and you say, yeah, these are the thing, things that, that I want. I want passion. I want purpose. I realize life for me is not working the w- way that it is. And right now you're just, you're feeling, feeling drawn to God in a way that you haven't in a while. I want to tell you what that is. That is the Holy Spirit that is opening your heart to follow Jesus. And if you're ready to hear his call to you and say, I have a better way, I have a way a truth and a life for you. And just join in in praying before one who is so passionate about you that he knows your past, he knows what you've been through, he knows where you've been, but he came with a purpose to go to the cross for you, to die for you, to die for your sin, that you could live an entirely new life in him. And if that is the life that you want, to say, Jesus, I am seeing you in a way that I haven't before. I'm hearing you in a way that I haven't before. And Jesus, I want you. I want to know you. I want the life that you have for me. Jesus, I give you my life. Take my life. You have it all. I want to follow you. 